You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. I'm Jake McCandless, and I'm talking about simplifying our knowledge of the end times by burning some images in our minds. No, not physically, but if our mind was a CD-ROM, I know that's outdated, and we could burn some images in there. If we knew those images, then I believe not only would we know what's going to happen, but we can also take that point and work backwards to where we are and know the trajectory of the things that are going to happen. In this episode, I want to especially talk about the images of the judgments. Isn't this podcast amazing? Every day, diving into aspects of Bible prophecy, different hosts, and what I love about it is we're getting a spectrum of all these different aspects of the end. And over the last several years, as I began to write on this subject and speak at conferences and and just be in that circle, one of the things that I have found is it seems like God's given different people different slivers of the pie. And that's why I think something like this, where we're able to bring it all together, and we're able to get a fuller, more deeper picture to edify the body, to edify you, to edify me. Now, my sliver may not be the most exciting one. I'm more of the party pooper. I hope I don't come across as the party pooper. One of my first interviews when Spiritual Prepper came out was with Joel Richardson on The Underground. And during that interview, he had looked through my book, Spiritual Prepper, and was, we were talking about that, talking about my ministry, Stand Firm. And he said, Jake, you approached the end times pastorally. I had never thought in those terms. And since that time, I believe God has begun to place on my heart that, hey, that's kind of my role in the spectrum here, is to make sure we're looking at these things in terms of how we're living. How are we responding Now, I love working through the details. That's why I said, you know, I'm like the party pooper because I know you're like me when you're reaching out for podcasts, finding content online or wherever you're finding it. You're wanting to wrestle with some of the things that you're reading within scripture, the things that you're seeing out in the world before you. I'm the same way. And I love doing that. You know, working through what does scripture say? What does this mean? Are we interpreting this correctly? How do we identify this in the times that we're living in? What is this going to be? I love that. And we need to do that. My background is in hermeneutics, which is a strange mix with end times. Not many end times teachers have that background, which they should be. Everyone who does hermeneutics interprets the Bible should do that all throughout scripture, right? Not just the parts that they want to. But anyway. In our working through the text, and our identifying where we are, we want to rightly divide the word. Now, we know rightly dividing the word is getting back to, okay, what does the text say? What did it say in the original language? What is it saying in context? What did it say to the original audience? But I believe also when we talk about getting the word right, especially for teachers, especially teachers who you know are working with a congregation or working with people and and the charges to give the whole counsel of God, we need to also consider the ratio within Scripture. I know that sounds a bit kind of weird, but hang with me. 
you know, we can't just, as a pastor who's preaching to the same congregation every week, it can't just be the New Testament. I'm not rightly dividing the word if that's all I'm doing. Actually, there should be more Old Testament over a period of time than the New Testament to keep the ratio of the whole counsel of God. I think it's important to look at and focus on things that are repeated, things that are emphasized. With the end times, I imagine you're like me, frustrated, maybe even disillusioned that churches, that pastors, that leaders aren't dealing with the end of the age. It needs to be preached. You can't preach the whole counsel of God and leave the end of the story out. And by the way, it's not the end of the story for us believers, is it? But at the same time, even though I love diving into stuff about the end of the age and I know that my congregation needs to be warned, that doesn't need to be every message. So you get what I mean by ratio? I I think you would agree with that. The whole counsel of God, rightly dividing it, isn't just, you know, parsing one verse at a time, but it's also looking at the whole context. I bring that up to defend where I'm going today and what I'm doing, because if we look at the Olivet Discourse, especially Matthew 24, Matthew 25, the greatest end times podcast of all times, right? Our greatest end times conference. Here Jesus is answering the question of the disciples. What are the signs of your coming? What's the end of the age going to look like? And Jesus walks them through that step by step. It's masterful. But when you look at the Olivet Discourse and look at the ratio of the content, Jesus spends far more time on the application, on the pastoral aspect, how you should live in accordance to these signs and the coming of the end Then he does the details. And so I think we have to keep that in mind as teachers on the end of the age, as those who are tracking in that. It can't just be about wrestling with the the different truths. That's a huge part of it. That's important. We need to because there's not a lot of that going on. But at the same time, we got to make sure we're adjusting our lives. And I've talked about that. If you've caught my previous episodes in this podcast, as I talked about being a spiritual prepper, preparing spiritually, the warning that many will turn away and other warnings about the end of the age and applying that to our lives. Then I did an episode that standing firm, like preparing just to stand firm and remain faithful isn't enough that we need to also be making disciples. Well, I want to dive into that a bit further. My next couple episodes in this podcast, I'm going to dive into some pictures, I believe. Again, if we burn them into our minds, then that will help us just understand the flow of things. If Jesus spent the majority of his message on the end of the age, on the life application, then I believe if we're going to talk about, okay, what's an image to drive how we understand the end and the trajectory towards there, then we need to go, what impacts our life the most? about the end of the age? And I think that's a really good question, isn't it? What is it? I mean, we, we, we see all these things that are going to happen. You know, we've all got our timelines. Man, I've got one. We've all got our timelines. We've all wrestled with the, where's the Antichrist coming from? What's next? Those things. But what's going to impact us the most? When we talk about being prepared, what are we being prepared for? You know, I think as pastors, even 
just Christian teachers, it's easy to be vague, right? But what is it exactly we need to prepare for? There are things that are going to happen at the end of the age, right? But ultimately, as I talked about some of my previous episodes, it's about our soul, right? So I promised a picture at the end that if we know that picture, if we have that burned in our minds, not only are we going to know what's going to happen, but we know the trajectory. We can work backwards from that, knowing that, okay, this is going to happen, so these things have to happen for that to happen, right? With this episode and the next that I'm doing, I want to point to three images. One of those is combined, split screen image, if you will, so two images. And this first image I want to start with goes back to what I just said. What is at stake is our soul. You know, when we talk about what will come at the end of the age, what matters most? It's not staying alive. It's not avoiding imprisonment. It's not avoiding persecution. It's not avoiding torture. It's not necessarily even recognizing the Antichrist or recognizing when the final seven years starts. It's our soul. It's eternity. Like I've said, when we talk about preparing, what matters most is our soul. Jesus said this himself. Matthew 10, 28. Jesus says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Of course, this applies every day. But when we talk about the fearful things that will happen, the difficult things that will happen, the tribulation that will happen at the end of the age, we must keep this in mind. And I love the context, by the way, in which that's said. You know, it's, it's not isolated. It's said in the context of Jesus sending the disciples out. It's in the context of mission. So as we're expected to be on mission, marching on, our concern is with our soul. It's also in the context of verse 32. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. When we talk about end time instruction, we talk about the mark of the beast, these things that are coming, this verse is key. It's in the context of, do not worry about your own lives, your physical lives. Worry about the soul. And it's also in the context, immediately after the verse about you know, being concerned about who can harm the soul, we read, verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny. Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. The context here. Not only are we told not to be afraid, but we're told God cares. He knows the details. He knows what we're going to face. So this first image needs to be heard on the background of that verse. The first one I'm giving you right now, the split screen one, is about the soul. In the next episode, I want to focus on an image that helps us with the details of the events of the end of the age. Okay, the split screen image. When we talk about, okay, this verse, Matthew 10, 28, Jesus' warning. Don't worry about those who can kill the body. Okay, we know as we read about what's going to happen at the end of the age. The beheadings orchestrated by the Antichrist. The horrific events that happen through the tribulation. 
the issue of the mark of the beast, all of those physical things, they don't directly impact the soul. What impacts the soul the most and us eternally is the judgments, right? And in scripture, we're given images of these judgments. Ultimately, there's two judgments. The first in priority of how it impacts our lives and what we need to be prepared for is found in Revelation 20, the great white throne of judgment. Likely you're familiar with this. Now, chronologically within the book of Revelation, this appears. So Revelation 19, we find Jesus returning, battle of Armageddon, Jesus winning, locking up Satan for a thousand years, establishing his rule in the millennial kingdom, occurring for a thousand years, Satan being let loose, this second rebellion, this repeat of the end of this age again, and Jesus wins. And then we read about this throne of judgment where there are these books. And the judgment is, is our name in the book of life? Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Concludes there, but we also know the opposite. Those whose name was found in the book of life continued on into the new earth, the new heavens, the eternal age, the return to the Garden of Eden, and the legitimate opportunity to walk with God the Father like Adam and Eve had. Okay, that's this great white throne of judgment. The judgment of, is our name in the book of life or not? Are we saved or not? Have we placed our trust in Christ and followed him or not? That's the ultimate judgment. That's the ultimate impact on our souls, right? And so, to burn in our heads an image, not just of the events that are going to occur, but how we should live, the judgment's it. This judgment. Now, chronologically, again, in the book of Revelation, we see this after the millennial kingdom, but we understand this is sealed at our last breath. But I feel like most of you who are tuning into this, you've prepared for that judgment. Well, in scripture, we also find another. 2 Corinthians 5, we find Paul calling this the judgment seat of Christ, or the Bema seat of Christ, a judgment of believers. Now, we find it explicitly and directly talked about here. Verse 9, 2 Corinthians 5, we read, So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for us. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, I don't know about you, but I would love some more details, right? Because this is what's ultimately 
impacting us. This is ultimately what we need to be preparing for. Again, two judgments. That's why I talked about a split screen image. So if we were in person, I'd have on the screen this split screen, the great white throne of judgment, the book of life being open on one side and the judgment seat of Christ as a believer before the Lord. Now, I don't know what that looks like. I've got an interesting take on it. I hope to share in a future episode. You don't want to miss that, really. You know, I hear people talk about it's going to be screens and our whole life showing before everybody and all this. I, you know, I don't know. And what it looks like and what happens isn't as important as the rubric, right? Even though 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10 is one of the only direct mentioning of this judgment, we read about this judgment all the way throughout the New Testament. Jesus is constantly talking about this judgment in the Gospels. You know, even his teachings of the first shall be last, the last shall be first. That wasn't just a Yodaism of Jesus. It's referring to a judgment that will come. We see this in 1 Corinthians 3 as Paul talks about our works. We have this foundation of salvation in Christ. We build upon that and it will be judged. Are these lasting works like gold and silver, when they're put through the fire, they're just refined and they last, or they would, hay stubble that's going to burn up and be gone. Then throughout the New Testament, we find these passages that refer to these crowns by name. The five heavenly crowns. Now, it's a topic for another day. I don't think there's five distinct crowns that we're aiming for here. If you dive through them, they're ultimately talking about endurance, faithfulness, steadfastness but it's talking about this judgment. What I believe is the most helpful passages on this judgment are two parables Jesus gives. Matthew 25, in the Olivet Discourse, that life application part of the discourse, we have the parable of the talents, where master goes, leaves his servants, gives the servants some money to grow his business. He comes back and they have to give a report, right? Luke 19, we find the parable of the ten minas, very similar. The king goes away, gives his servants money to invest in his kingdom, grow the kingdom, and he comes back to see how they did. I think that's ultimately, as we're looking for a rubric, that's it. That and going to the commands of Jesus, right? What did he command us to do? But for our time together today, I want us to burn this split image into our mind. The two judgments. A judgment of salvation, of professing Christ, of following him, and then a judgment for the believer who has done that and are being judged according to their faithfulness. If we could keep those judgments at the forefront of our minds, they would guide us in preparing whatever we may face, what we may face this evening, what we may face in the morning, what the next text or email is going to be, or phone call, and preparing us for what we're going to face at the end of the age. Burn these images of the judgment in your mind. Because when we talk about preparing for the end of the age, ultimately, your soul is what is at stake. Being found faithful in these judgments is what we're striving for. It's what we're preparing for. It should be what we're living for. Our heart should be, how do we hear, well done, 
my good and faithful servant at the judgment seat of Christ. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 